Hello and welcome to Chalk Talk on Microbrew Radio. This may be a slightly different voice to what you've normally heard, but we've decided to do a bit of role reversal today. I've got Dave Goldsmith on as the guest today. Dave, how are you, mate? Yeah, uh, is it bad that I'm nervous on my own show? Is that, is that you're bad? As, you're <laughs> as nervous as I am, so That's don't worry right. about it. That's absolutely fine. Did you, Does it feel a bit weird, almost like sit, sat where you are, but obviously in a different position to yeah, normal? Yeah, I'll be honest, Luke, I don't know what to expect. So God knows what my guests usually feel like every <laughs> Friday night. <laughs> oh, trust me, when I was on here, I, I wasn't 100% sure where, I was, where everything was going, but that's the art of it. That's so it. I'm going to give you your opening question now. Yeah, let's go. How did you get into pool? Um, so I kind of, I probably started later than, than most people in terms of competitive pool. Um, I used to go on a Friday night down to, there's a, there's a pub called The New Inn. Well, there used to be a pub called The New Inn. It's been knocked down now, but um, that's in Horninglow. And on a Friday night, I'd go down with my dad and he'd give me 50p and it'd be a case of, well, if, if you lose, uh, winner stays on, then, you know, your 50p is gone. So, yeah, it was a case of, of having to kind of perform that way. And then eventually I started playing in the leagues when I was about 17, um, a couple of the local pubs. And then I started captaining my own team at 18 and that was it. Since then, I just, I quite like being a captain. I quite like, uh, you know, quite like being in control of things and I just really enjoy it, so... Do you think that kind of cutthroatness from your dad, obviously beforehand, when he was like, "Oh yeah, you only get that one game, and then that's it if you don't win." Do you think that's kind of what tr- driven you down the pool route a little bit that you've had to be cutthroat whenever you've done anything related to the sport? Yeah, it definitely it definitely links in with it. I mean, it was either a case of that, or he wanted more beer funds. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know which one it was, but no, he, um, definitely it's definitely you know win or win or you're off. And the next question is kind of how did you translate that into the radio production that you're now doing as Chalk Talk? Um, yeah, obviously I, I fell in love with the game pretty pretty early from from playing and it's one of them games where I can talk about it all day as well, that just like I can with football. So, you know, being involved with Microbrew Radio who have given us great opportunities here. Um, I started with them kind of doing a, a football show called Local Sports Brew a couple of years ago. That was really good. That was on a Friday, six till seven, the same slot that I have now. And that moved to a Monday, which meant I, I can't be involved anymore. I, I haven't, I didn't really have the availability on a Monday. So with that slot still being available and with me having the love for Paul and it'd been mentioned countless times, I'd, I'd originally said in September that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this show. I'm going to talk about Paul because around here, nothing gets said, like no, nothing gets, you know, anything. There was, there's guys from around here that won world championships of England you know, your Carl Copes, Robin John Chambers, Paul Eaton, you know, I could, I could name loads of people from them teams, but nothing's been said, nothing was, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but nothing was put in the local paper or anything like that. And these guys have just represented their country and won, you know, so things like that kind of annoy someone that loves the game. I love the game and I, I think it needs to be shouted about and a lot needed to be said about it. So for me, I knew the slot was available. I knew I had the platform the guys here are great so yeah it was it was all go it was pretty easy to to get started do you know what that's actually a conversation that we had similar when we were doing roles reversed and you were interviewing me was (laughs) that idea that when we're playing pool the voice isn't there it's not always getting heard about as much as it is players aren't getting that recognition that they deserve for the years of effort that they've put in was there ever a point really where you were maybe looking at the other side of things and maybe going into the playing side or was it always in your mind to kind of be the voice first yeah you know what I'm 
I'm really competitive and I would love nothing more than to represent my country. That's what I want to do. And I know, you know, the funding isn't really there for players, but, you know, if I ever made it, I'd make it happen because I love Paul. I love playing Paul and I know, I know I've got ability, but, you know, there's so much ability around at the minute. It's, you know, it's not easy getting there and especially like I've just took a year out of County Paul as well. So I'll be retrialing this year, but having that year out's not probably not done me any favours. Um, I, I knew that I could come into this and I don't think it's affected my game. I've not, you know, I've not got any worse since starting this. Um, and the goal still for me is to, is to play for my country and get as high as I can. You know, I'm only 29 and maybe I play a lot of football as well. So maybe that has an effect. Maybe if I spent more time playing pool and less time playing football, you never know. You know, I, I always say to people, if I played every day, you know, I, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know where I could get to if I could if I could put the time in and play every day. But unfortunately, I go and I play. I play three nights a week at the minute: Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Sundays, and I literally go and I have a little knock beforehand, and then I play maybe two or three frames, and then I'm done for the night. You know, so there's no there's no consistency in there. And kind of talking about how you wanted to represent England, and obviously with those chances, you need to know the right people through microbrew radio obviously from where you started how have you managed to get the guests on that you have obviously you've got a lot of people that have been on chris mellon and florian cola that are known worldwide and the expansion of chalk chalk from what it was even just a few months ago is huge in comparison to anything that we've had in terms of podcasting or chat shows regarding the sport yeah that you saying them words kind of i've never you know, I don't sit and think about that. So that it gives you gives me a little bit of chills because it's I just didn't expect it. I didn't expect it to go where it has. You know, we only started four months ago and for it to kind of expand the way it has has been it's been quite scary. But it's you know, I won't take the plaudits for getting all of the guests on. You know, I have obviously the local guys I've worked hard to get on and your Florian Cola and your Dave McNamara, I worked hard to get on. You know, some of the people coming up, Sean Story, Arf and Dad, I've you know, I've reached out myself. So, but you know, people like there's been influences. You know, um, I'll give Rob Chambers a shout. He's been he's been getting me people from you know big influences from you know across the water, different parts of the world. You know, by the end of this year, I think we'd we'd have had on people from like eleven or twelve different countries, which is oh. it's scary. And you know, Rob is so thank for some of them. Um, just good names that he, that he's drafted in for me and you know he knows I won't forget it um appreciate it Rob you best be listening by the way um <laughs> and then obviously Dave Gilbert um yeah. is yeah just just when you sat there and you know you get messages anyway about the, about the show there's quite a lot going on all the time but to get a message from Dave with you know Jack Whelan's number Chris Mellon's number Joe O'Connor's number um Craig Waddingham you just like you look at your phone, you go, how is, how am I being able to do this? Like, this is crazy. And I have a lot to thank Dave for as well, you know, to, to get me them people in and for me to be able to get them on the show and for you guys to be able to listen, listen into them interviews. It, it feels, it feels great. And I'll, I'll never forget any of the help I've received from these guys. So is the key factor for you really, actually the pool community itself, like obviously 
beforehand you were kind of talking about how you'd done podcasts about kind of other sports and shows about other sports do you think if you'd gone down the route of the other sports that you did before do you reckon you would have been able to get the guests on that you have of the kind of caliber that you have in this no I don't think I would have and that's that's um that's an honest answer I mean if I'd have carried on if a lot of a lot a lot's happened this year but I think if I'd have carried on the way I was going in January um and say I was doing the local sports bra on a Monday night when it changed to a Monday and I was available. Yeah. I would not be doing this on a Friday night because that would be my one night working on that podcast, that talk show, and that would be me done. You know, that's that would be the amount of time I could commit and put into it. Um, so I'd have carried on doing that and I wouldn't have even... Like I say, it was September when I originally thought about doing this and we didn't start it until the start of April. So what? So what kind of happened in that gap then was that just all the planning putting together of venue times no you know what the idea was there and and matt and j-man they knew about the idea and said it would be great and you know they said to me you start it whenever whenever you want we'll make sure there's a slot you start it and that was great for me i was like yeah that's excellent um but yeah things things just happened in in january where life just changed life changed completely and you know without going into too much detail I had to adapt to a kind of different way of life. And in doing that, you know, I was going through a couple of tough months, January, February time. The idea was still there in my head. You know, I love pool. I'm going out playing pool. I can do this, you know, and then it it got to kind of March time. And I just remember, I think I messaged Matt and I said, let's do it. Let's just go. And, and, you know, he asked me if I wanted my first show to be that week. And I was like, well, slow down, mate. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think the first week in April, we just, we just took off. We just did it got straight into it i mean credit to you because it's one thing coming up with a project like this i mean i know for a fact that when i tried to start a podcast before it's not easily done because there's so much infrastructure and background you need in order to be able to set it up and to have a process that's been that long in order for you to then push through with it create the podcast you have and push on it's a real achievement and a real sign to you that you are a massive member now of the pool world and a lot of people have a lot of respect for you. Um, where does Chalk Talk go now? Where's the next step for you? Or is there a key target, maybe a key person? or The key person has is, is been the same since I started. Um, I'll answer that first. And that's obviously I, I just want to speak to Ronnie. Even if I can't get in for an interview on here, I want to speak to Ronnie. And that's, you know growing up loving playing pool and then you know I think I started I joined a snooker team when I was about 17 18 with one of my friends and his dad's um yeah like watching the telly and watching Ronnie and just being like man this guy like because he's a character as well so he's like yeah I'd, I'd absolutely love to speak to him and that's from the start well from the start of getting interviews in that was like that's the end goal not the end goal, but this, that's the goal of someone I'd like to talk to. But, you know, you you have to you have to agree some things are, are maybe be out of your reach, maybe, you know. I, the way that I look at it at the moment, especially with what you've set up, is at the moment it may be. But actually, once again, you look at the calibre that you've people that you've got on, those people have influence. And it's mm-hmm. once you've kind of knocked the door down, you have kind of got that domino effect where things start happening. So... I don't think is out of reach at all. Yeah. I but mean, that's what links into what I was going to say next. It's, you know, I haven't had them 
dreams of, of where this might go because I think I mentioned it to you earlier, you know, I, this wasn't going to be like that. This was going to be strictly me, probably on my own, maybe having a, the odd person in, maybe my brother or my mate one week and, and you know, maybe catch eight or nine listeners a week um, and just talk about the local league and, and how it's doing, how the Wednesday and Sunday leagues are happening over here and all the other leagues. That's literally what it was going to be, me waffling on. Um, <laughs> but then once, once I got Vinny in for the first show, and then I'm thinking, I really like that. You know, I can ask the likes of John and Rob Chambers. I can ask Kyle Cope. Um, you know, and, and Kyle wasn't wasn't going to do it at first, but he said if someone comes on with him, he will. And Paul Eaton came on with him. And then I'm like, right, I've had Kyle now. I'll speak to Dave McNamara. There's, and when you start having these people, and these are people that are, I know what they're capable of and I look up to them because I think they're great people as well. So not just Paul, I was like, I get on with them too. So I'm like, you know what? This could, let's start branching out. Let's, let's start, you know, testing the water a little bit and asking a few more people. And yeah, like like you say, before you know it, you, you're speaking to people you never even dreamed of. It's a confidence builder as well, actually. And Massive. Kyle's actually an interesting one that you mentioned because of the fact that if you kind of, talk to Kyle in person he's quite a quiet character Mm -hmm. not someone that you would necessarily assume with going immediately onto a podcast show that's just started up but actually something that can really feel confidence for both people I think for yourself and for him Mm -hmm. and there's so much more now that you can take from a podcast especially this podcast as well because once again the guests that you're getting on if you're kind of in that window and you manage to get on yourself and then talk to you it's like wow okay like I'm I'm actually doing this I'm doing something a little bit different as I say it's an avenue that pool players have never really had before yeah. so to do that is really really cool but what's kind of like what was your favourite conversation with a guest that's uh, just going back actually before I answer that obviously um, you asked about where I want this to go yeah um, and yeah the, the, my honest answer is I haven't put that thought into it yet I am kind of riding the waves a little bit with this because Obviously, I've got goals. For me, my, my goal for anything, for anything that I do is I want to be successful. That is that is literally it. You know, I'm not saying I want to be superstar famous and, and everybody knows me, but I just want to, I want to have success. And, you know, reaching that goal, I, I think this is a, this is a great channel for it, but that's not the reason I'm doing this. I'm doing this because I love it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's my game and it's, uh, you know, something... I'm so comfortable with you know we could sit honestly we could sit here for hours it wouldn't bother me <laughs> no no I, I'm know, the same boat so you know, my, my Tuesday lads would be fine tonight without me so yeah I haven't got at the minute my my brain hasn't got a way of saying you know this is where you're going to go and this is what I want to do to be fair I haven't really had time to sit down and think about that I yeah. haven't had the opportunity to sit and think about where this could go but all I know is it's it's growing but and, you but you're on that drive at the moment. And mm. that was kind of actually going to pin into my next question, ignoring the question that I asked before. Yeah, we'll get rid of that one. Yeah. But <laughs> where do you get that drive from? Where where does that stem from? Is that kind of a, a family-based thing from when you were growing up? Or was it a thing that when you started playing pool, you kind of built that drive that you wanted to do well in the stuff that you're intending to do? I don't think there's a specific thing that's happened or, you know, anything that's come across and made me feel that way. It's just a hunger inside of me, mate. I just... You know, for me, I go to work. I want to be successful. Yeah. You know, family life. I want to be successful. The the things that went on earlier this year that I won't go into is, you know, it it ruined me because I because I want to be 
you know, and I don't want to be successful for other people. I don't want to be successful so that other people go, oh yeah, he's, he's successful. I don't care about, I don't care about that. I want to be successful because I want a bit, like, I just want it. It's a hunger. Like I, you know, I thrive off doing well. I, do, I thrive off doing well at Paul and that's probably why, you know, some people know me as being a bit of a bad loser because I, I want to do well, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's simple. I don't want to do badly. You know, football, I love winning because I want to do well. And it's, it literally, I take that into everything that I do, literally everything, whether it's family life, work, this, you know, chalk talk, football, I just want to be successful and that's literally it. I definitely get the vibe from you though, that you're not someone that likes to switch off too much. You've got that kind of goal in your mind that you've got to be doing something in order to get mm. that success. Yeah, you know what? Sitting, um, sitting alone is, and I've had this conversation with people. We've, we've talked about anxiety on the show and, and you know mental health issues and things like that. Sitting alone is the worst. I couldn't, yeah. you know, and sitting just thinking about things and not doing anything. It's I can't do it. And when you know I'm 29 years of age, there's always something I can be doing than yeah. sitting alone. There's always something, and if it's something, you know, even if it's doing extra prep for a short talk show it's something that's helping me to try and get that success that success because it all just connects like everything connects into towards the successful route and I'll do anything rather than sitting still do you think that because of that work ethic since you've started chalk talk that that's helped you build your confidence throughout the guests that you've had because I imagine when you first did one with a guest you probably were quite nervous oh 100% my first show with Vinny Vinny, Vinny will tell you that, I mean he's I was nervous I was nervous all day I'd worked all day and I was like all day I was like oh god I've got the show tonight and I've got Vinny and I just need to make sure the questions are right and so many mate honestly so many people were like yeah we're going to listen and I was like oh god Jesus Christ I don't know I don't know, I don't know how this is going to go I really don't and then I'll tell you what I'll, I'll thank Vinny here because he made me feel at ease because I saw how much of a mess he was <laughs> I was here, I was sat here waiting for Vinny. I, I got here at like five o'clock, an hour till the show and I'm sat here and I'm, I'm checking over my notes and I'm going, oh God, this is, I don't know how this is going to go. And then Vinny turned up and he's walked through the door and he's like, shaking, visibly very nervous. And I was like, oh, I feel all right now. Thanks Vinny. Cheers mate. Do you want a drink pal? <laughs> no, it, was, it was, it was good. Um, I was nervous obviously throughout asking him the questions, you know, I'm sat here, I'm I'm keeping an eye on the screen because there's questions coming through on the screen. I'm keeping an eye on my phone. I'm talking to Vinny, making sure he doesn't collapse with all the shaking and everything. You know, I, um, do you think do you think it helps a, a little bit because you know Vinny quite well as well? Oh, mate, honestly, if I you know if I'd have had you first week or if I'd had one of the other guys that I've never spoken to before, yeah, you sat across from me. I don't. To be fair, I read the room quite well and I'll talk to anyone and I'll, I'll get on with anyone. So I'd have probably you know called it off, okay, but. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have been bricking it, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> on the inside, yeah. But th- like you say, like now, I, it doesn't bother me, honestly. I mean, there's times where, like, you know, I'm, I'm sat and I've got, I'm on Skype and I've got bloody Florian Cola or Chris Mellon right in front of me and they're talking to me and and it's like, I'm sat here going, oh man, how am I talking to these? But the nerves aren't there. The yeah. nerves would have been there at the start, but they're not now. I'm talking to them and I can freely... I can freely talk and it's fine. And, you know, there's the odd times I'll I'll stutter or mumble because it's just, you know, it's just natural, I think. But no, like I'd, the nerves just kind of go now. I don't even, if, there was one a few weeks ago when I think it was just one of the local guys, I think it was Keith Rudin. And I was sat here like, I'm, I'm nervous. Why am I nervous? I've been doing, I've done like 14 shows now. Like, why am I nervous? But then you think 40 shows isn't many. Like, that's yeah. still, it's still quite fresh. And also I think it's a thing of, 
because of the range of guests that you've had, obviously when you've had someone like Vinny that's local on before, and then you've kind of gone on a run of having all of these different guests, obviously you've had your Chris Mellons, Florin Colas and all that kind of stuff. And then you're switching back to a Burton guest. All of a sudden it's like, that's nothing obviously against Keith at all, but it's that thing of like, all of a sudden you've got to take a conversation back to one that you've already had in a, in a similar way. Yeah. Do, do you know what's brilliant and, and what I kind of, I found it out a little bit whilst doing the football show at a local sports brew but I found it out even more so on here because I get to speak to a different person every week but everyone's so different like every single local person I've had on the show has been so different in so many ways and the you know the chats always veer off into a different direction and it's I love it I honestly mate I love talking to different people because even though they're local and even even with the big players that I've, that I've been on, even though they're on Skype and they might not be in the room, everyone's so different. And I think it's that's where I kind of, I'll big myself up a little bit because I can just talk to anyone and it does it really doesn't bother me. And I think the thing that also maybe helps you as well is obviously Burton as a community is a very good pool community. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of people around it. Yep. Do you feel like having this is helping Burton grow in itself? not just chalk talk and not obviously just the radio station but also the community the impulse for Burton too I hope so I honestly hope so um you know from behind the scenes I I really hope it is but you know you just never know do you like you can't make everybody enjoy the show unfortunately yeah. but I would like to think that you know it's definitely helping the community I'd I'd like to think so um, and you know and people tell me it is so that's always good and that's always something I can take but you know you always do cast a bit of doubt in the mind um, and you do kind of think oh maybe maybe it's just poor people that are liking this but then you do have a lot of people also that message me and will say you know I'm loving the show and they've got nothing to do with Paul at all yeah. so and how much do you think that Potter's Club's kind of helped that as well obviously that new kind of sponsorship and influence coming through from Dave Gilbert what difference has that made since that implementation yeah, massive, massive. Like I said earlier with Dave, he's, you know, his influence into getting certain people on the show has been, and coming on himself as well, you know, that's that was massive for me because he he probably won't tell you he is himself, but to me, like, he's he's a celebrity, he's a professional snooker player. I've watched him on the telly and I've watched shots he's played and I've been like, oh man, that's unreal. And to me, he is a celebrity. It's as simple as like, like Ronnie O'Sullivan's a celebrity, professional snooker player. Dave Gilbert's a celebrity. That's, that's how I view it. And, you know, he's... He's come in, um, him and uh, Phil and Nez as well up at, up at Potters. They agreed to the sponsorship, which obviously me and the guys at the radio massively appreciate. And since then, they've been great. You know, I can I can go to Dave for advice, which is, you know, it's not something I have with everyone, but I can go to Dave and speak to him. And, he, you know, he's he's been there and done it in terms of snooker. And it's it's nice to have somebody to talk to because he always replies instantly as well. You know, he's, he's, he's a class guy. So, you know... For Potters to be involved, it's it means a lot actually because it's a club that it's it's always been there, but since it's been renamed as Potters and, and the, the guys have come in, you know it's so busy, it's such a such a massive place. Everyone wants to go to Potters, you know, everyone, even even people that you know. I live in Stratton. I want to go to Potters. It's in Swad. It's nowhere near where I live really. But do you do you enter quite a few of the events over at Potters as well? Obviously, it's it's, it's they've now they're introducing those kind of 64 96 yeah, man you know events. what i did i did um more so in recent months the last the last month or so i haven't because because i play football 
and the comps start at you know nine thirty a.m. and I'll I'll be on the pitch. So and I like to keep playing football because of the you know the fitness side of it. It's the only real bit of exercise that I do. So, um, but prior to that, yeah, I was I was I wasn't entering. I can't, I can't sit here and say I was entering a, a comp every week, but as often as they were putting them on, I was trying to make sure I was available to play in them. Yeah, um, and you know what? It's it's crazy because. I'm not really a comp person. I'll be honest, mate. I, uh, I just, I thrive on confidence, right? Yeah. And then I'll lose to somebody. You know, I won't be disrespectful, but I'll lose to somebody that in my head I should be beating. And mate, I'm gone. My head goes. So you know. But then the next comp, I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Put yeah. me down. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. So it's it's tough. I I do enjoy the comps up there. Are amazing, mate. So would you? Obviously, you were saying maybe the competition side of things maybe isn't for you. What's your kind of preferred format? Would it be maybe a money match background or more just a kind of knocking about locally instead, kind of doing local leagues? Or you know what, I've I've not had a money match for God six years, I think. Can um, I ask what that was? Uh, yeah, it was it it was only for five hundred. It wasn't it wasn't massive, but it was with a lad um, called Brett who was coming into our local and he'd just moved from Derby I think and he, he fought quite a bit of himself and I think quite a bit of myself so I was like right we'll do this um, and yeah it was only 250 a man and Daz Ibbard was refing it was probably one of the first ones he's refed actually uh, shout out to Daz because he's doing a great job um, and yeah Brett beat me 15-12 and like I say it made my head went because in my eyes I should be beating him and you know it's things like that money matches competitions it doesn't take much to ruin your confidence I really enjoy team nights mate I love I love county pool um, I can't wait to retrial this year I love being around you know you with 10, 11 of your mates and you're all cheering for each other it's class mate it's great that's that's what I love and I love you know the, the local leagues around here I get to play with my brother I get to play with my close friends you know the ability the ability doesn't really matter too much because you're having a good time so so what's your kind of county history? Because you were mentioning to me before that you played for Staffordshire. Yeah, you know what? It's it's not as good as I'd like to, to, to have been. It probably could have been if I didn't take this year out, if I didn't leave Staffordshire. Um, but yeah, no, not not too bad really. I've, I've been to two county finals. I only started in... When did I start? So I played a couple of youth county games years and years ago, but I successfully trialled back in 2017, I think it was. And that was at Spot on Club just around the corner from here. Um, we made it to the finals at Celsi. Uh, that was during the beast, the beast from the east. That massive snowstorm nearly died on the way there. Uh, shout out to Grace for keeping us alive. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my first county finals. I didn't really particularly do too great. Obviously, I was only in the C section as well. I know a lot of people don't agree with the C section. They reckon there should only be A's and B's. And if you're not good enough after that, fair enough. But the C section is what got me into county, and it eventually got me into the B's. Um, you know, we've never done anything at finals. I think both times I went, we didn't get through the groups. But the second time we went, which was in real 2019, um, I finished top of the stats in the C section, which was, for me, you know, someone that's just came through from playing in a pub and, and has never, you know, I've never played with the top players. I've never been trained by anyone. I've never had anyone to take tips off. I've literally just kind of taught myself, you could say. Um, you know, for me to finish top of the stats with all these pool players, whether they're C section or not, these blokes have been playing a long time and for me to, to beat them all to that was, was quite good with a good percentage. Uh, just just to clarify with that, yeah, was, no, that was that black ball background or was that world rules or international? That was black ball. It was black ball. Yeah, I'm, you know what, I, tonight is uh, is international rules or world rules or whichever. I, yeah, I don't know, I just kind of turn up on a Tuesday but 
I'm just a I'm a Black Bull fan. I was going to say you, you've got the it, preference. Yeah, yeah I'm pre- I'm preferred to that. <laughs> I'll I'll sway towards it. Yeah. Um, and just to get your viewpoint on that, obviously you mentioned earlier that some people are against that idea of having a C team for county. Mm-hmm. Do you think that still needs to be there? Because I think some, I think the way that a lot of people probably look at it is probably A team players are going, oh, you only need the A and B. But actually, from an overall perspective, it feels like you need that foundation to kind of build yourself in. And I think a C team does that. Yeah, there's two, there's two ways to look at it. You know, there's, when I was in the C team, we had two or three lads that were under the age of kind of 17, 16, like young lads who probably wouldn't have survived in the in the B section, but they were in the C, they were holding their own. And now I know that they are very good players. So it does it does definitely help. It helped me, you know, I don't know if I was ready for the Bs when I first got in. You know, I didn't particularly trial very well. I only just scraped it through. So the Cs was probably a good shout for me. The fact that I only got, you know, 55, 60% in my first season in the Cs says it all, doesn't it? Um, but, you know, it gave me that experience of playing at county and it's a, it's a whole different ball game, you know, and then now I love it. And I know that I could probably, I'm going to trial in a few weeks for Staffordshire again, um, over in Stoke. And I know that if I'm, if I'm on it on the day, I'll get in the A's. This is, it's as simple as that. I, th- I think the other thing that you've got to take into account with that as well is because I kind of know that county background that you're from, from Staffordshire is that actually you're really a really tough region of the country as well when you take on board the fact that you've got Nottinghamshire in there that have won multiple county titles, Leicestershire as well, Derbyshire in there too. It's a really tough place to kind of get your foot in the door. So 55 to 60% in some other regions may be seen as a bad result, but actually I think you're being maybe a little bit hard on yourself. Maybe, but this that goes back to me being, you know, I'm competitive, mate, and I love to win, and I, I just love I love getting over the line and, you know, yeah, looking at looking at them stats and seeing yourself like twelfth in the region, it's like I want to be at the top. It's it, you know that's the mentality that I have. I, I want to be at the top, and it's you know what? It's not just hard in the region; it's hard around here because there's some talent around here, mate. Honestly, it's not it's not easy at all. You know, I, I won the um, I won the Premier League hit squad on a Wednesday night last season, uh, not last season, season before. Sorry, and uh, I got quite lucky at the, Kyle. Cope came second and I think he needed to win like one or two of his last three games of the season to beat me and he somehow lost all three I don't know if he was just being generous or not but you know that's an achievement and a half for me because some players in that Premier League mate are, are unreal well I mean I mean you're just talking about Kyle I mean Kyle's just walked away with 18 grand doesn't he having won that event yeah, he has yeah I mean and I know, and I know people will, will listen to this and probably yeah it's only you know your hit squad's only one frame pull you know but at the end of the day you've still got to win it you've still got to be up there and I think, to be honest, one-frame format, I think, is the hardest format out there because it's you've brutal, got no time mate. to settle. It's brutal. If you if you break well and don't pot, you're in trouble. It's it's so brutal. But, yeah, that's that's just how I view it. I, I always want to be I want to be at the top because I know I can do it. But, unfortunately, when I enter your competitions and, and things like that, I just, I don't know, I struggle with the consistency. Like, I could... And the ones up at pot is the 64-man ones. I love it because they do group stages. And for me, it's like got a bit of a Champions League feel to it I love it I do but you know you could play really well first rate, first match and then your second match lose to somebody that, that's only been playing a couple of months and oh mate my head my head can't take it it's, well, it's, it's something I've never been able to train myself on it's, it's sorting my head out and just being calm because all it takes is one loss with me and my head goes the problem is as well actually with those events that they run at Potters as well especially for 
for you is that they're actually very short races in that group stage as well. So you haven't got a lot of time to kind of rebuild yourself if you've knocked yourself down. You know what? We the last one I entered, and it, you know it was a while. It was over a month ago now. It's it was I played against this bloke first round. Forgive me, I can't remember his name, but you know it's at nine o'clock in the morning. It's tough. And I've got there, and it's it's no excuse. It's no excuse. But I got there and. He's gone two nil up very quickly, and I've had chance in both games. And I'm like, oh, I just, I don't know what's going on. And from there, he beat me four nil, and yeah, head's gone. And then I, you know, I've still got two games, and I know if I win them both, I can turn it around. But yeah, I think I crashed out in the group, and it just makes me not want to go back. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? I'm in a similar boat to you with that because of the fact that I'm not a morning person by any stretch of the imagination. Like I know that my peak time of playing oh. is either late afternoon or evening. <laughs> So if you catch me in a morning event, no matter who you are, you've always got a chance. But it's irritating when you've got that early start, especially in a big event like that. But in your head, you probably think, oh, if I can just get through the first couple of rounds, I'll be fine. Yeah, you know what it is with me? I, it's very rare that I can just turn up at a place and play. I do, I need a knock. I need a, I need to get my arm in. because I think that's because I don't, I don't play enough. You know, I'll play tonight and I'll play tomorrow. And then I won't play till Sunday. So if I get there Sunday, I'll, I'll need to get my eye in because otherwise I'm not played for four days. And to compete, it's you know you need to be playing regularly, and I just haven't got the time, unfortunately, to to be putting the hours in. Would you say that obviously it's obviously a factor of not getting your arm in is a tough thing? Would you also say that nerves kind of come back into it when you haven't played for a while, especially in that, especially if you're talking about going back and playing for Staffordshire again? Like, would that make you nervous in any way, or? I'll be honest with you, I can't really remember the last time I felt nervous playing pool. Um, I played in a, um, a cup final, it was me versus Vinnie Loden, um, at this place called the Wiggiston in Burton, and it was it was about three years ago now, it was just after COVID, and there was quite a few people there, and I, we, I think it was first to 13, I think he's beat me 13-11 or something like that, but I felt a little bit nervy then, but that was also at, at a time where we were only just allowed back in the pubs and it was after COVID and everything. So that might have had something to do with it, but the nerves don't really bother me. I I just, I get in my own head, mate. It's what it is. It's I'd, I could miss a couple of balls and I could be, you know, I tell myself off. I have to have a word. You're, you're, you're a bit of a perfectionist, I think, like a lot of players. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. And, you know, if, if everyone I play with is like, oh, you know, you'll be, you'll be fine next shot you, you're fine you're fine and I'm just like I'm not I'm not effing fine don't tell me I'm fine because I'm, <laughs> I'm not fine I should not be missing rollings like that I shouldn't you know I've been playing long enough um and that's probably why I think I think that's probably why I have a go at myself because I know I've been playing a while now and I know what I can do and I know I've, I've won a, a couple of things and I'm like I know I can do it so for me to then if I miss an easy shot or I lose 4-0 to somebody I've never even heard of I think that's why my head goes um, I'm just going to take things in a little bit of a different route. Yeah, now. let's move on, mate. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, and one thing I wanted to talk about was actually something that we didn't really mention earlier. Obviously, we kind of talked about your pool background, mm-hmm. but also you talked about the fact that you used to love watching your Ronnies and Dave Gilberts and yep. all of that snooker side as well. Mm-hmm. Where did the snooker background come from? Is it is it simply a watching side of things? Did you used to play or? I will I will put the snooker watching down to. Um my friend that I mentioned earlier and his dad um, that sadly passed away um, they got me into snooker um, so that's Marv Marvin Walker and his, his dad Andy um, 
they both played up at a State Null Institute just up the road, and they asked me to play for them. But I used to go for a, I used to go for a knock regularly with Marvin. We'd we just walk to to Ralston Club, which you know always had beautiful tables, and they probably still do. I've not been for years, but yeah, just I used to go down with him, and because I could already play pool and I already knew how to put a ball, mate, the snooker side helped me loads, like positional positional wise. The snooker side just helped millions, and it was it was quite weird how I spent a season playing snooker and I came back to playing pool, and I I my game had upped unbelievably um, at the time. Anyway, you know we're talking when I was about eighteen, nineteen, but yeah, it was I used to play with them guys, and then I'd watch it with Marvin as well, and then I'd I'd go home, and I'd, if it was on, I'd probably watch a little bit more at home, um, and yeah, that's that was literally it. It was it was his influence, Marv's influence, just got me into it, and. You know, you watch. I'm always watching out for to watch Ronnie. Like at the time, that's what I want. He's who I want to see. You know, but then obviously you watch your other guys as well, uh, Robertson, Hendry, and all of them, and you just get into it. It's it's very easy to get into. Do you think watching it influenced the way that you played as well? Because of the fact that when you're watching along to someone like Ronnie, like I mean, I used to do it when I was younger. You you kind of try and replicate what they're doing. Like I used to love watching Neil Robertson because he's got that bang straight cue action. And I tried that on a pool table and it was absolutely dire. But then you watch it, watch and try it on a snooker table and you think, oh, maybe I've got something here. And you just keep trying and trying and trying and then you build up and then all of a sudden you've got the buzz again. Yeah, right. mate, honestly, what, watching them and watching some of the things they do, some of the shots, I get more excited over their safety shots than, than I do a long part. Oh, you're a safety, safety I'm, I'm not. You know what? I'm probably one of the most attackive pool players you'll meet. I don't, I don't want to be drawn into a safety game. I like to finish a frame nice and early, but... Snooker wise, if you pull off a, an unreal safety shot and you snooker him like behind the yellow at the top or behind the black at the bottom, mate, I, I'm like, what a shot! I love that. I love seeing that um, on a snooker table. It's a bit different in pool. For me, pool is a it should be fast paced. Yeah, for me, it needs to be finished. Like, I don't want to see mate countless times like on a Wednesday or a Sunday over here. I've seen People. forty to forty five minute frames that have then had to be. I won't say I nearly swore then. It's my show. How dare I nearly swear? Um, <laughs> it's then had to be re-racked after 40 minutes because they can't get to the black or whatever. It's like impossible. I had to re-rack the whole frame again. I was going to say, what would be worse for you, a long frame in pool or a long frame in snooker? I'd r- involved or watching? That's involved. Involved. Uh, worse, would be, worse would be pool. I don't want to be drawn into that. I'd, I'd lose interest. I'd end up doing something daft, like just hitting the ball as hard as I can. Um, I'd obviously try to win the frame. You know, I'd, I'm never negative, but if you play for 40 minutes, oh god. Whereas snooker, I'd, I'd quite like a, a nice tactical hour-long frame if it, if it needs to be done. You know, because like, because I used to play in the league, if it needed to be done, I'd, I'd do it because it's doable and you get points for the fouls and it's it's exciting. Like you know, whereas in pool, you don't get points for a foul, and if they foul and you still can't get to where you need to go, it's. Do you think there's any room in pool for that though? Because I think some players do thrive off of kind of like sucking the life out of their opponent. If yeah, that makes no. Sense. Listen, if you if you're a very good tactical player, then crack on. Do what you got. All that matters in pool is getting the win. You know, it don't matter how you get there. It really doesn't. You know, I've I've heard people complain, not just on the show but in general about players taking ages on shots. And you know, if there's not a shot clock, and you win the frame. Crack on, you know it's it's your discretion, but I just it's just not me. It's not my game at all. I wouldn't. I don't like being drawn into that. It's, it's just uh, not when, especially when the games I play around here are, are on a, you know, a Tuesday night, a Wednesday night, or a Sunday night, and I've got work the next day. 
I don't want to be out till 11, 12 o'clock playing pool. Oh, that's the, that is the nightmare situation, isn't it? You're, you're stuck there till midnight. You're, you're kind of sitting around. The first game's taking like 45, 50 minutes. It's 11 p.m. Yeah, you're pulling you've your air out. You've still got nine frames to play. Exactly. Like, break dishes or nothing now. It's, that's it, yeah. Do you, do you think that's almost a bit of your trait as well, though, that the fact that you wouldn't be able to kind of sit still after a 40-bit frame, you'd probably have to go, oh, yeah, I've got to go for it now. You know what, mate? Yeah, that probably probably joins into that, yeah. Like, I couldn't just sit there and watch it's probably why I'd never be a snooker player either because you know they do a lot of time sitting don't they and oh, no I'd have to I'd want to do something so it's um, you know not that I'm not that I'm fidgety or anything like that for anybody listening I'm not I'm not like you know rocking about the place <laughs> um just something that I wanted to get your opinion on yeah and, on. I, and, I, and I think it's quite interesting is that obviously we've talked about the growth of chalk talk and the choke the growth of that kind of area. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk more broadly about the growth of pool. Yeah. Just from your perspective, obviously having had a lot of people on board from different sectors of the game and that mm-hmm. you've now got ultimate pool, you've got the IPA, you've got those kind of two foundations running alongside each other. What do you think will take pool to the next level? That's a really good question. Um, I think more people would be interested in playing for the national sides if there was funding involved and they didn't have to pay for it. You know, I spoke to George Tierney on here and I mentioned to him about playing for Ireland and he was like, there's, there's no money in it. What's, what money is in it? By the time you've paid for everything, you know, you'll get, if, if you then go on to win it, you're not guaranteed to win it. So many great teams, but if you do go on to win it, there's, is there enough? Is that enough for you to, to warrant playing? And, you know, unfortunately... Playing for your country, it should mean, you know, I'd love to play for England. Of course, it's your country. But at the same time, nowadays, everything's so money involved, isn't it? Like, everyone wants to earn money, so... I think it's interesting because of the fact that, apart from the UK and Ireland, a lot of the other countries that were involved in the World Championships, like the Reunion Islands, Australia, Malta... They were all government funded to come out here, enter those events. But for some reason in the UK and Ireland, that doesn't seem to be an option. So, What does I've, that tell you? And, I've, I'd, and do, you, do you think that's a shame as well? Because it seems like for that reason, a lot of the world championships are having to be held more in Europe, in the UK, because it's, of mate, that. It's a massive shame. It's that, honestly, you know, there won't be many... Sp- people will say that Paul's not a sport, but look where it is at the minute. Look how big it is. And, you know... People will say that, ah, oh, well, it's not a sport, so you know it doesn't really need to be government funded, does it? You know, you shouldn't be having to pay hundreds and, and like going into the thousands to represent England. Are you, are you mad? Like, we've got lads, like I say, from Burton going and winning the world championships for their country. You know, you sing the national anthem. It's everything's for the country. You know, they've got to pay for it. It's hey, it's yeah. crazy. There is there is not many other things where you have to pay for that. You know, and it's. It's a massive shame. It really is. Because it, 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 the thing is, I think a lot of people were talking about the rise of Australia mm-hmm. as a country that have come through and really taken on, especially the ultimate rules side of things. There's now ultimate Paul Australia. You've got the players that come through like Jake McCartney, Paul Clack, that yep. are all playing now in England as well. And a lot of talk was, will there be a world championships in Australia? And I think it's such a shame that having talked to a few pros and a few people that are kind of surrounded with that, the, the rumour is is that it's just going to be too expensive. You're kind of pricing players out of the World Championship, which is 
a ridiculous feat because if you look at the snooker world championships, you know, you look at the Chinese players like Xi Jiawei, Ding Jinhui and that, you'd never deny them by going, oh yeah, you've got to pay for all of this if they haven't got the money to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Honestly, mate, the, you know what? I didn't know it was the case until I had um, John and Rob on the show. And then a week later, I had Kyle and Paul on the show and they all they all touched upon it. And I was stunned. It's, it's not many times I've sat in a seat and not really known what to say back to someone. But I, honestly, I couldn't believe it when they told me they had to pay for it all. And I was just, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't even dream it. Playing for your country is a, it's an honour. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, all I see on social media now is you know people I know people I respect that are, that are great pool players that can go and play in Malta this year for their country they're having to do GoFundMe's to get their money to go yeah. to Malta mate honestly if that doesn't tell you what's wrong then I, I don't know what will it's, it baffles my brain just can't get around it it really can't I think it's especially harsh to people like Kyle that actually are still very young and may not have the finances to be able to fund something like that so they're almost denied the opportunity before they get the opportunity to do it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that Kyle was able to go out and get that world title as well, which obviously must have been such a big buzz around here also. Yeah. You, you know what? We've just we've just been in the town and we've, we've just seen Jake and Harry Loden and Sammy. Um, and Jake can go and play for England and Malta this year. Uh, him and another young lad called Cohen. And you know what? They've they've had to set up GoFundMe's to get money to go. Do you know how mad that is? Like they're, they're what like fifteen, fourteen, fifteen years of age. They can go and represent their country, and they're being told they need so many hundred like quid yeah. to, to go at the age of fifteen. Where are you getting that money from? Where, it, there was there was another guy from Leicester as well, actually called Emmanuel. That he was having to do like online raffles. People were doing that in order to try and get him the money to go. And for someone like that, that it, actually, to be honest, in 10, 15 years' time, the way that the pool's growing, may be able to just do it rather than have to fund and all that kind of stuff. Maybe denied the opportunity of that progression because of the fact of something like that, which exactly. is tough. But yeah, it's just a question of where you go next. But I, I, I want to kind of quickly touch back on the Kyle thing as well. Obviously, yeah. Kyle winning that world title must have been so huge for Burton. You, you say that, and it is massive for the pool community, and you know, everyone, everyone's behind him and everyone. Um, you know, everyone was buzzing for him, and the, the thing with Kyle is he's so he's so well grounded. You know, he's he's you know he, he speaks well, and he's he's a nice lad. He's a, you know he is a nice lad, and everyone in the pool world is behind him with anything he does in Burton. You know, but everyone's everyone loves him, but it's in in Burton in general. If you're not you know involved in pool, you weren't to know. Nothing was said. You know, this is what I mean. Nothing was in the paper, and unless you saw it on Kyle's social media or somebody else sharing Kyle's post, you don't see about it. And it's that's it's such a shame, mate. Because playing for your country is one thing, but winning for your country is is like, you know, it's incredible. You know, it should be it should be in the paper. It should be common knowledge to everybody, so that everybody can have the chance to congratulate him. But it's not, and it's it will put people off playing for the country because you know. Although you don't you don't play for your country so that you get all the you know all the applause and things like that, you still it should be recognised yeah. throughout everyone. I totally agree. And do you think that there's a, do you think there's another opportunity there for an under twenty threes world title for Burton as well? Obviously, you've got Kyle now that's obviously really spearheaded actually this growth of young pool players. To be fair, coming through from Burton, I haven't. 
nationally, I've not seen an area with so many young players coming through as there is at Burton now. And talking to Dave Gilbert about it before, he mentioned about the fact that he was introducing this kind of youth club, people getting involved and all of these players that are now coming through. And actually, another thing that I meant to note was that they've got that TikTok Juniors player event coming up now mm-hmm. yep. that Cohen's involved with. Correct. And Cohen's obviously another local player as well. Do you think that Cohen, Vinny, Harry, do you think they're the next steps? Is that the next generation coming through from Brad uh, from Burton? Yeah, so there's there's definitely potential around here. You know, there's um as Dave said, they've got a they've got Rob and I think Kyle and maybe a couple of others helping out. They're doing this um they're doing coaching on a Sunday morning up at Potters. It's only gonna help kids, you know, I I never had anything like that growing up, any or any tournaments to enter or anything like that. The kids have got so much variety now to enter tournaments, comps, there's always a comp on somewhere, um, you know, whether, it, even if they need to go over to Tamworth to the Lucky Kiss and play there, um, or I think there's Tamworth Sports Bar as well, I think it's called. There's competitions all the time, everywhere, and the kids can just go and enter, and, you know, it's great to see there's a there's a kids' league as well, a youth league at, uh, at the break room. I don't know if that's on a, a Monday night or something like that. Yeah, I think it's every Monday night. Um and mate there's just more and more youth coming through and, and joining the league and it is great to see because they're playing in the adults leagues as well on a Wednesday well not an adults league is it really everyone's involved but it's it's so good to see Cohen will definitely uh, yeah he's got the potential mate see he's got mate if you watch him he's, <laughs> he's just scary to watch we played them on a on a Wednesday last year his team won the league you know him and a, a few other lads that are like in their twenties, like Brooklyn Chambers was involved. Um they won the league full of and there was a lot of good teams in the league, you know. And we played them up at Potters and Cohen was late because he was at he was playing in a, a singles thing at break room and he's come up to Potters and I think we were drawing three all. Um and we've lost seven three. And I think he, he won two or three of the last four and he pulled off this reverse dish that I've been playing twelve years and I, I didn't see it. Never and seen I'm, anything I'm, like I'm it. I'm watching. I've seen. I've seen things like it, but I'm watching on the table. And you know, usually when you're watching a table, you can win every frame because you can see everything. Yeah. I couldn't see him doing what he wanted to do, and what he did, he worked it all out as well. It's not like it was a fluke. And me and the boys, we we were just we were laughing. We were we were on the floor laughing because it was unbelievable. Like he's just turned up confident at the age of fifteen and wiped the floor of us all. And it's it's. He'll be good. I think, you know, a couple of people have touched on before. Jared said it on Friday night. You know, if he, if he just touches up on his attitude a little bit, he'll be he'll be a worldy player, mate. He will be. Um, and there's a couple of other lads, I'll give, uh, youngsters I'll give a shout out to. Um, Alfie Wheatcroft, Jake Loden, obviously his brother Harry as well. And there are more, mate. There are more young lads, as you say. And, and young girls as well. You know, you've got um, Madison Sherritt, you've got uh, Taylor Marriott. There's a young girl who's just started playing called uh, Poppy Lord. She's only 12. We played them in the mixed doubles um, about a month ago at the Great Northern. And, mate, she was 12 years old. And she meant everything she did on the night. She might not have potted every ball, but she meant every white ball positioning for a partner because it's Scotch doubles. She was, mate, she was class. She'll be something. If she keeps playing, she'll be probably the next star, I think. Mate, she was that good. You've played in Burton for quite a long time as well, yes. and I'm sure you've witnessed kind of this progression. Does this really feel like the new era of Burton Pool? Does this feel like now that you've got all of this youth coming through, you've got the experience now of Kyle, Dave, 
all of those other players that are there right at the top. You've got people like Danny and Lee's coming over and doing the events at Potters as well sometimes. Does this feel like such a big moment now for Burton in a poolside to, to be honest, to go on a run, really? Yeah, you know what? It will get bigger. It will get bigger. It's been such a, since COVID, it's been such a rise and you can you can sense it's just getting like going from one level to another and it's just getting bigger every time and more com- more comps are going on. And because more comps are going on, all of the clubs are trying to compete with each other, which is great. I love it. I think it's brilliant. You know, I'm sure the club owners are probably like, oh God, they're, they're doing a comp when we're doing a comp. But I'm, I'm like, yes, let's get all the comps going. There's comps going on all the time. There's youth playing. There's still, you've still got all your, you know, I won't call them veterans of Paul. That's probably a bit harsh, but you know, your older generation, they're still playing. And it's, there's so much going on. There's so many leagues and, you know, I think Potters have got their own singles league. The Wigiston have got their own singles league. There's that much going on that this is, it will get bigger. It just, it just will. And the, the thing is, you've got people entering these singles leagues and entering teams now because everyone's playing pool and they're like, yeah, I'll give that a go. You know, they've probably never picked a queue up. But they want to do it. And these people you'll find that have, that have never picked a queue up, you're going to find at least one gem in there that ends up being unreal because some people just click on so fast. Um, I love it. I think it's great to see. I've, I've, the thing that I always love to say is I think that the, the space between Burton and Leicester is the strongest hours drive of pool that you will find in the country. And I, really, I truly believe that because of the fact that you've got such strength all the way through. You've got Nuneaton and Coventry kind of in that in-between. You've got Leicester up here. And you've got, well, five or six pros in that space on top of that. You've got all of these young players that have come through. You've got the massive leagues now that are building up in Burton. You've got the Leicester Monday night as well. And it's just, it, it's different gravy to anything that we've seen before. And I think things like that are going to be what finally takes Paul forward. Yes, I, I agree, mate. Honestly, it's, um, you know, if we could start, I don't know, maybe maybe between Burton and Leicester, we can, we can start combining some leagues for... I don't know, maybe even if it's like charity events or something like that. I think there's a collaboration there to be made. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think it's, you know, needs the right people spearheading it. That's the that's the thing. You need, you need the people that have got the time to put into it and and will and will put all the effort into it, but it would definitely it'd be it'd be unreal and you'd get people willing to be involved as well. 100% because like I say, everyone at the minute just wants to play pool and it's it wouldn't take much to get everybody involved. We're kind of coming a little bit towards the end, so I'm not going to ask you too many questions or kind of fill that too much. But is there anything in particular that you want to say separately that you feel like we haven't covered, that something that you really want to get out there, whether that's obviously thanking people that were involved with Microbrew, obviously you've got Mickey in the background and all of that kind of support staff. Yeah, you know what, I'll I'll spend a a minute or so because there's absolutely no doubt that we wouldn't be at this point if it wasn't for for other people you know i i do the i do the weekly work and i i put i put quite a lot of work into it and i, I do the talking and everything but at the same time i wouldn't have had some of these guests on if it wasn't for people like dave and rob and i wouldn't be able to do it in the first place if it wasn't for matt and jayman in the other room and the microbrew radio and also the guys at local sports brew as well you know it was um, a gentleman called paul kirkley who got me involved in the first place with local sports brew um Jacob Dunbar that does a show uh, that does a show on here as well a great show um, he was the one that tagged me in the original post for local sports brew so it all you know everything happens for a reason and it, it started from there and I've got to thank so many people for it and I hope they're listening 
you know, you know what I mean. I, I won't, I won't name drop everyone because we'd be here for another another hour. But there's been so much influence towards the show, and I'll never forget it. You know, I, I can't go around handing everyone a wad of money. Obviously, I wish I could, but you know, no, I'm not against it, Dave. That's what no, I'm saying. Yeah, well, right. yeah, that tenor asked lecture earlier. Just better <laughs> um, but no, honestly, the show wouldn't be where it is. Obviously, it wouldn't be where it is without myself, but it also wouldn't be where it is without you know the other people that have helped and I'll, I won't forget it because I don't really know where the journey's going to go mate honestly I don't and anything could happen and you know as you, as you saw just downstairs before we started I've had a message to to feature on something on Sunday night and it's like there's so many things coming my way at the minute I don't know where it's going to go but I just hope that everyone sticks with me and stays on the journey because I'm really enjoying it I think a lot of people are going to stick with you Dave I think you're Appreciate really it. charismatic so. you've got that support behind you and I think a lot of people just love your passion for the game and I think it's really really appreciated That's good. and I think to close this off I think I'm going to let you shout out your sponsors and the people that are involved in the background legend firstly before I do that I'm going to I'm going to thank you Luke uh, that's Luke Terry everyone who's come over to host tonight from Leicester um, an incredible job don't dare anyone say he's done a better job than me though but no let, let, let guys it, it, <laughs> we'll, we'll do a vote we'll do a vote it'll, it'll end up on Chalk Talk at some point <laughs> I won't talk about it. Um, but no, thank you, Luke. I'm going to give you one of these. There you go. There's your applause. I always give everyone an applause. You know. um, but no, thank you for coming over. I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing this. It's been great. Um, of course, usual shout-outs. Um, Potters, my sponsors. A um, couple of competitions coming up this month. Make sure you're supporting the club. You know, they do great queues as well. They do cases. They've got their towels on offer. Uh, two for £20 or £12 for one I think they come in grey and black um, just get down enjoy enjoy the club guys it's a six weeks holiday if you've got nothing to do with the kids or if you, your parents are annoying you just take them down um, enjoy it you know cheap pool cheap snooker it's it's a class place to be and then of course to our new sponsors Tawon um, thank you guys for getting involved it's hopefully the start of an incredible sponsorship I'm, I'm really excited about it and uh, it's, you know to have you guys involved is incredible um, you better be listening but no, to everyone else, listen, I hope you have a great uh, great weekend and I'll see you all around, no doubt. But from me, it's goodbye from Luke. It's been a pleasure, guys. Have a good evening and have a good night. Magic. Have a great time. Bye-bye. This show is part of Microbrew Radio, Burton on Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com. Find our app on the iOS or Android stores or just say Alexa play micro brew radio and if you like what you hear please let us know on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok thanks